Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast, starring me, Dags. The Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast is powerful, and as always, speaking of power, is the man of the hour, John E. Rage. Kudos, Dags. How are you? Good. We are good. We're excited. Another powerful episode. Every day we bring in new followers to this powerful podcast of Flock of Amish. And you know when I say this is the most powerful podcast ever created? And you do say that. Yeah, there is a powerful drinking game if you want to know. Every time that we say powerful, you have to do a shot. But uh, I'm afraid you will go to the ER. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. You are the man. that you are the, you are the consummate professional, though. You can segue like no other. God bless in terms you. Of, in terms of our social medias, uh, our, how powerful we are, it's a pleasure to be here with you, Diggs. Thank you. You know, and when I talk about power, it's not hyperbole. It's not hyperboil. It's not Susan Boyle. It's real. <laughs> and you ask, you ask, how is it real? Well, I'm going to tell you how it's real. Let me tell you something, Jack. I'll tell you this. Remind me of those old wrestling days. Have you, have you seen the lateral deltoid lately? mean gene so i'm going to tell you if you go to dictionary.com and you type in cheetle c-h-e-e-t-l-e do you know what cheetle is johnny rage i do it is the power for the fans of flock of amish that don't know it's a powerful cheese residue you get from eating cheetos Uh if you go to dictionary.com and type in cheetle one of the examples is one of my tweets from at Amish B Machine. Can you believe that? Mm-mm. This is breaking news. You never even told me this. Right now, I want you to... Do you have your phone in front of you? I do. Are you able to look up on your phone? Um, you know, Dags, I'm always looking down at my phone, usually. It's kind of hard to look up. Well, I look... And, the reason I look up is because I'm constantly taking selfies, and then mm-hmm. I feel the up gives me the best angle. Well... You definitely are up most of the time. There's no doubt. But um, I want you to know I've got my show notes on my phone right now. So with all these hot topics that are coming, in terms of, let me give you some of the things I want to talk about. We talked about the movies that are coming for 2020. How about this? The movies that we think over the past 10 years that absolutely sucked. We have that compilation here on the Amish Baby. and also. Seth MacFarlane is being wooed from Fox to over to NBC. We have that story to talk about too. Whoa. So yes, if you go to dictionary.com, type in Cheadle, one of my powerful tweets where I mentioned that 
first world problem. I couldn't use my phone. The thumb scanner wouldn't work because of the Cheetle. And the tweet was that powerful that dictionary.com used it as an example. Can you believe that, ladies and gentlemen? Lord, breaking news here. Can you believe? Wow. Yeah, listen, listen. I'm a part. <laughs> <laughs> listen, Jesse Ventura, there'll be fines and suspensions. <laughs> listen, oh, Wally Caribou, we don't care about your fines and suspensions. Let me tell you something, Jack. Last weekend, last Friday, I was partying with Mick Jagger in the Rolling Stones. What do you think about that, Jack? Nobody better, Diggs. Nobody. The AWA from the powerful Twin Cities where this powerful podcast is broadcast. You know, um, Diggs, I was I started a journey of wellness about three weeks ago. We talked about it. And I, I signed on the bottom line for you call Planet Hollywood. I kind of like that name better than Planet Fitness. From this point forward, should we call Planet Fitness Planet Hollywood? Okay. So Planet Fitness, is that a planet? Yes. Okay. I planted my big ass cheeks on a bike and bike for about 45 minutes. That's what I do there. Whoa. But, but Diggs, I have a question for you. Go ahead. Don't. Okay, you know when you enter Planet Fitness or, for that fact, any gym, any workout club, you don't have to check in? Yes, you can check in, but you can't check out. Don't you think for health reasons they should make sure that a guy like me actually gets out of that place? Wouldn't they be more concerned with that? Like, hey, we haven't heard from John for over two and a half hours. I think there should be more importance placed on the checkout process than on the check. Everybody's happy and jolly. And they all in good spirits when they get there, but let's keep closer tabs to when people are actually leaving the planet, my cheeks on the fitness bike. Do you agree with that? I do. That's a good point. Keep, keep an eye on Johnny rage. Uh-huh. Johnny rage. Let me ask you this on the way uh-huh. out. Do you say goodbye to the staff, the desk? Well, I usually do because planet, my cheeks on the, on the workout bike has, these giant farm buckets full of Tootsie Rolls. And there's two or three of them on the counter. And they actually have purple Tootsie Rolls, too. So I always, I'm always there kind of <laughs> grazing over the Tootsie Rolls. And so when you're there, you're so close, you do, you do say bye. Now, what do you so, think yes. about the irony of that, of that, having Tootsie Rolls on the way out? I think it's kind of like Pavlov's dog. It's like, okay, you worked out, you get your treat. And that's what it is for me. I worked out, I get my treat. If that bucket is empty, I'm stomping my fist on the counter. Where is my Tootsie Roll? And and um, it, so it's kind of like the Pavlog dog theory, I think, is why they give you that little treat, like a dog biscuit type thing. But my, my point is, why isn't it something healthy? Because it's a non-judgmental zone. I mean, for a split moment, you can in, in, indulge in just pure... Tootsie Roll, join us. Goodness. That's why. I mean, we've already done an hour and a half of hanging and banging. Why subject yourself to any more punishment and have some tofu cake or something there? No. The haze in the barn, man, it's over. Now we feast on Tootsie Rolls. I agree. Good point. Yeah. So that's why. And sometimes I don't only just take one either. 
but I won't get into that at this point. <laughs> you take a fistful. Is it kind of like napkins when you're at the fast food restaurant? You get those people that take about a quarter of the stack. Well, see, that you can kind of do it nonchalantly because the napkins are off to the side. But I've always said this about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, one of the one of the best chick sandwiches out there, chicken. But pop, there are free refills on pop, but you have to actually physically go back up to the counter and ask. Okay. And by doing that, you get this awkward feeling. You're kind of standing there. Should I ask them? Should I not? Are they going to think I'm taking advantage? So sometimes, oftentimes, you just don't even do it. Whereas McDonald's, it's just have at it. It's just a, um, just a fest of pop spilling everywhere, ice cubes. Nobody cares. But that's that napkin thing as well as a Tootsie Roll thing. Uh, at uh, When you're upfront and personal with people, you kind of don't take as many as you probably think you should. So napkin, same thing. If it's off, if there's a napkin counter, have at it at that point. I got busted once when I went to, I grabbed a bunch of napkins and a lady behind me yelled at me. So I did get called out once. What'd she say to you? She goes, what are you doing? You don't need that many. Well, no, it does depend upon what type of food you're eating. If you're at a rib joint, can you have too many napkins? No. If you're at McDonald's, you can probably have too many napkins unless you're eating the McChicken with that tartar sauce on it. It always, always spills out on my coat, that tartar sauce. McChicken has tartar sauce? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The flail fish, flail fish. I'm thinking chicken uh, over at Chick-fil-A. The flail fish at McDonald's. Nine out of ten times, that tartar sauce spills out onto my, my chest and my stomach. So I do need more napkins. If I'm eating a Big Mac, those things are slippery. You, you'll chew into it and, and half of it slides out onto your lap and you're like, oh, what a mess I've created. Then you do need more napkins. I said, listen, lady, I'm sloppy and my name is Joe. Back off. Now, Johnny Rage, let me ask you something about, we're talking about fast food. We love fast food here on the Amish Baby Machine podcast, the most powerful oh. podcast ever created. Right now, whatever you're drinking, be it water, be it bee juice, whatever it is, what is bee juice? That would be like honey, honey fermented uh -huh. turns into mead. Uh -huh. Powerful. Johnny Rage, what are you drinking right now? Nothing. Okay. But to the fans of Flock of Amish, right now, I say salute. Whatever you're drinking, put your glass up, put your bottle up, pour out some for your dead homies, and cheers. Salute. Now, Johnny Rage, I'm going to ask you about beverages. Uh-huh. When you go to the fast food restaurants, have you ever been to one that has the refrigerator, and it's got the big flat screen, and you pick what kind of Coke you want? I it's love that one. Yeah. Now, let me ask you something. I don't think it tastes the same as the regular fountain drinks. Would you agree or disagree? Well, you're referring to the one that Burger King has them as well as the movie theater has them. And you're talking about where it's all done with an icon and you just simply press. Is that yes, like yes. The circular icons. Yes. Yep. See, now I know when I'm at that, when I have that ability to use that machine, it has such a wide variety. I usually roll with a grape fruit punch. Wow. So I can't compare it to what a Diet Coke might taste like um, on a normal fountain machine because of the fact I'm not rolling Diet Coke. I'm rolling with the fruit punch. And to me, it tastes pretty good. 
No, you you screwed that up, right? It's not grape fruit punch. You just get fruit punch. No, grape. Grape. Fruit punch. Or just a grape drink. Grape drink, grape punch, grapefruit punch, whatever you want to call it. I'll punch you in the head. I'll slap backhand you, whatever I want to wow. do. That's what I'll do. Would yeah. You, how about a Hawaiian punch? Would you like that? Yeah. A Tahitian treat? No, not a Tahitian treat yet. You don't like Tahitian treat? No, that's like when I was like six. I've grown up since then. Whoa. I don't like Tahitian. You've grown yeah. up to a purple to drink. Grape. I've, I've made the transition from Tahitian to grape. Yes. Purple drink. That's, Good. that's many years. That took many years to do that too, by the way. But I'm going to need you next time you go to uh, whatever, the movie theater, Burger King, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. go to the high-tech refrigerator, icebox, if you will, mm-hmm. and type in your normal Diet Coke and ask me if it tastes the same, because it does not. Well, we've had this discussion numerous times. I think most fountain drinks don't taste the same, but McDonald's tastes better, and there's a reason for it. They keep it colder, they use metal lines, and they use better water. No, but and, I, I, uh, it doesn't even taste remotely the same as any other outlet, is what I'm saying. It has, it's a weird, the weird, the syrup to the carbonated water ratio is off. Okay. So next time you go there, fans, flock of Amish, check it out. I have had it. I have had the Diet Coke there. I have had it. I didn't notice a marked difference on it. See, I'm kind of odd when it comes to that. I don't like fountain. Diet Coke is my drink of the day. I need one. I don't want it at a fountain pot, fountain either. I want the 20 ounce bottle. And to me, the fountain drink, even though Diet Pop isn't like that bold, doesn't have like a bold taste to it, fountain Diet Coke is more watered down in my estimation. So I never reach for a fountain pop on a Diet Coke. If I go fountain pop, I'm usually going to roll a lemonade or a fruit punch at that point. Fun fact, Johnny Rage, what do they call a water fountain? In Wisconsin? Um, a Miller High Life brewery. A bubbler. That sounds like something in Australia. That's a bubbler. Good day. It's a bubbler. Good day. Good day. <laughs> or, or what? Or, or let me take that back. In Wisconsin, a bidet is a water fountain. <laughs> but I. Oh, I told you the one time at the water park. Yeah. You know, they have the, the, for the kids, they have the water shooting out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I thought that was a bidet. Oh, boy. I apologize to everyone involved. <laughs> oh, boy. I just got this real icky picture in my mind here, and I don't know if I can get rid of it. We have to change the subject. It eventually, quickly. everything, the water went clean eventually. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, Johnny Rage, on this powerful episode, we both enjoyed the first show of the first season of Witcher. We will talk about that. Mm-hmm. And as always, we'll do powerful rants, tangents, and divergences. Mm-hmm. Now, earlier mm-hmm. we talked about Cheeto. Dictionary.com. Mm-hmm. Type in Cheeto. You'll see my powerful example of Cheeto. If you want to see more, if you want to interact with this powerful podcast, go to at Amish B Machine on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Amish Baby Machine, Instagram. Follow us on Instagram, Amish Baby Machine. We are everywhere. Fine podcasts are found. Please, wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a review. Five star review is the best. It will unlock secrets to the universe. Please rate and review. Also, powerful merch. Right now, it's on sale, 35% off. 
check it out. We have hoodies, hats, stickers, everything. And everything you buy helps this powerful indie podcast. We love you. Back to Johnny Rage. Thanks. Can I make a suggestion for another piece of clothing that the Amish baby machine could add to their clothing lineup? Anything besides the loincloth? Yeah, I want to add a different one. How about a pirate eye patch um, with Amish baby on it? Oh, I love it. Wouldn't that be cool? Yes. Because, I mean, when you look at the logo for Amish baby, the eyes falling out. So I think it'd be kind of a nice little accoutrement to anybody's wardrobe is the the pirate patch. I want it. I like the way you think. Thank you. I like the way you Um, look, too. I know you do. We'll talk offline. We'll talk offline. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about movies. Um, Do you want to get into the 30 worst movies of the 2010s? Or do you want to talk about uh, the movie you forced me to watch yesterday? You put me on assignment. I didn't get a chance to go to the movie theater. And um, I'm Jones in a bit, thanks. Yeah, we're far behind, too. I need to see 1917. Yeah. What's your schedule tonight? Uh, Maybe we should go. That's that's pretty good root beer. I love that. Root beer is good. Um, You ever had it or no? Powerful. Root beer 1919, I think. I was making a play on the movie 1917, and I got no laugh out of you. I might have to find a new co-host, okay? Whoa. All right. Whoa. 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 Um, Let's talk about your movie, that uh, Netflix. Netflix? You know what I find amazing with Netflix is the amount of money they spend on content. And if you do the math, they have about 60 million paid subscribers. That's could have come down a little bit since uh, Disney Plus came out. But if you figure the average ticket price is about $10 a month on Netflix. So what is 60 million times 10? I know, Dags, you and I both are going to have a hard time. Is that $60 billion? Is that correct? I'm going to say no. But when you take a no, look. No, you know why at, I didn't answer? Why? Because I want the fans a flock of Amish. I want their brain to be stimulated. Uh-huh. On this podcast, we stimulate every part of the body. Total stimulation. Mm. So they've got about 60 million viewers. At about ten bucks a month, but the amount of money that they spent—they—I want to say they—they want to spend about sixteen billion in content this year. Sixteen billion. Right. Sixteen billion. Now, in that quest to find out what the, is that their own content or is it for the rights to? I think part of that is the rights to show um, movies that they haven't that are not Netflix originals as well too, but they, but Netflix is spending record amount of money, just like Hollywood does for, for, uh, um, for the movie box office, Netflix is doing it and they're coming up with a lot of really, really good content. And so don't poo poo the Netflix. If you can't get to the movie theater, I encourage people jump on there, look at some of their original stuff, you know, and we did that. You, uh, Dag said, I've seen The Witcher. Every time you go there, there's a promotion piece. Every time, they, just like when you, The Irishman came out, you couldn't get on that site without seeing The Irishman. You know, are you sure you don't want to watch this now? No, I don't want to. Are you sure you don't want to watch this? Pretty please watch it. 
No, I'm not going to. Anyway, that's what they did with The Witcher, too. So you said, Jenny Rage, watch it. And I did. And Diggs, I know you were a big fan of Game of Thrones, and I'm going to start right there. Is this an attempt to be another Game of Thrones? It's a, it's a, it's an old story. It's their old Polish stories. And then they became powerful video games. But I can say that they are definitely influenced visually, you know, by the show Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. The two stories have nothing to do with each other. But on this powerful podcast, as always, usually start out. So get into it, Johnny Rage. What do you think? What were your thoughts? Well, I'm really that medieval time frame that they have. Um, I'm really fickle. Some movies, I really like the storyline. Um, and I can get into it. Uh, it, it come, it starts out really, really strong. Um, the Witcher has an epic battle with this goofy looking monster, um, right out of the gates. And he, of course, uh, kicks the shit out of this monster and, and, uh, tries to bring its carcass in and get some money for it. But, uh, I, they never did say whatever happened to the body of that thing. But so it starts off really strong. I'm like, well, this is kind of cool, but it can, then it kind of right away reminded me of that. Um, what was that movie where back in the eighties days, we've talked about this movie many times, not Hercules, but it was kind of like Hercules, but it had the lady with the snakes. Her hair came out alive with snakes. Clash of the uh, Titans. Yeah, that Clash of the Titans. That's what I was thinking of immediately when I, I started watching this thing. I thought it had a little flip, uh, little Clash of the Titans flavor to it. Um, and it is a series, so you have to invest some time into this. I'm assuming there's just season one is out, correct? As of as of, as of this point for from this point forward, or as of this point, excuse me. Um. It felt to me like I was watching a Game of Thrones episode. It had the epic battle scene. It had the castles. It was dark. That was one of your biggest complaints about um, a couple of the Game of Thrones. The filters, as you always like to say. Um, there's always this dark fearfulness where these people are, this this kingdom is being attacked. And and how would you like to fight a battle like back in those days? Um when they just would bludgeon you to death with this big ball of spice in it, or just simply cut your head off with a two edged sword. How do, what do you think about that Diggs? No, it's just dumb luck. Yeah. You're right. You're running into each other full speed. Mm-hmm. And whoever swings quickest wins. I mean, you're right. It's yeah, just, back it's in just the, insane. Back in those days though, it was just the more men you had. I mean, the better chances you had. Well, it's I mean, just that, like, it's just like now it's the same way. I mean, well, if, you, no, if I mean, you, oh, you can get overrun. Absolutely. That's why they usually call in airstrikes. Well, that that's true. But what, but wars, I mean, back in the day, you look at, for instance, the revolutionary war, um, they would, abst- they would line, they would line battalions up against each other, just fire. You know, it wasn't until the revolutionary war where we didn't have that amount of armies. So we had to, we had to create invent guerrilla warfare. Um, and, and today you can have, no, the guerrilla warfare that was messed up. What do you mean? Well, they had to open up all the zoos and let out the primates and it was a mess. 
and then let them fight the wars. Yes, and then they that's why it, it was guerrilla warfare. Yeah, and then and then they called it Planet of the Apes. They made a movie of it. Now, can I tell you something? You know what the chillest primate in the world is, Johnny Rage? You? I'm sorry. Who? The orangutans. The orangutan, okay. if you want to be uh, politically correct. What a peaceful giant, gentle giant the orangutan, isn't it? Why do you have a pet? Near why? How do you know this? I, I mean, normally you see them and. They're behind six inches of glass and bars and and chain link and 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 razor sharp uh, barbed wire. Where no, they're not. How do you no, know? what kind of what kind of evil zoos do you go to? I have a couple that live in the backyard. A couple of orangutans. They're gentle giants. They're beautiful creatures. I thought those were your neighbors. They're your cre- They're your actual. They're actually your pets. Yes. Now okay. let's get back to the Witcher. Now, it had a bunch of tropes. It had a bunch of stereotypes. I love when he goes into the bar and they did the Old West. We don't mm-hmm. serve your kind here. <laughs> and, then they, you know, that, that, and then they had all the guys stand up. And You know, I was watching that movie and I said to myself, can we call it a movie? It was on Netflix. That still qualifies, right? That's good enough. Call it yeah. a movie. But here, here it is. Um, I don't even know what year this is. And they're, getting, they're drinking beer. I'm like, man, they had beer back then? How long has beer been around? I, I want to find out because the guy pulls up, like you said, to the bar and give me a beer. And I'm just like, dang, this guy's going to get after it. And this is like probably middle-aged times is what they right, It's some be. fantasy world and a fantasy continent. I mean, so just throw out your space and time. Just go with the Johnny Rage. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, I, I, I was trying to see the connections. I was trying to, they always have to speak in that English accent too. It's like, I, I've had enough of that. Okay. Just talk with a regular American accent. Well, you know what I mean by the, the star is British. I don't give a shit. Let's what, so what did you, what guy. did you think of his acting? Terrible. I thought it was bad. Why do they always have to talk like this? They're always a strong, silent type. And yeah, I know. When they, you learned your lesson or you, you, you picked your wrong choice. I've heard that already. You know, these one liners, these one liners. And, um, he's trying to come off as something more than he really is and trying to be this adult stud. And he's trying to be like that long haired guy back in the nineties. What was his name? You're always better with names than I am. Fabio. Um, and oh, I thought you were going to say Lorenzo Lamas. No, I was going to say Dags. I'm sorry. Um, but. You know, maybe it worked for some women. Kind of like, uh, um, not Thor. Well, maybe Thor, but I was thinking of the other guy that played uh, Aquaman. You know, I guess women are kind of turned on to that big, muscular, long-haired, um, animalistic type look to him. But I was looking for some, you know, like back in uh, German fest times, they've had the women's breast hanging out i thought some of the waitresses might have had that no there was no there's no eye candy for the men in this well, there was a little bit in the the fantasy world oh gosh i forgot about that yeah what were they doing these naked women are just kind of br- petting these trees it's like they're grooming they're they're picking the fruits it's it's a very <laughs> beautiful place to be yeah i guess they kind of made this utopia out of it with these naked women and i thought wait this is game of thrones out game of thrones ash ish with that um, you know, Dags, I watched it because you basically forced me to, and you said I could never come on this podcast again if I didn't. What did you think of the epic battle in the streets? 
between him you know, and him and the henchman, and then finally him and the. Well, keep in mind, I watch uh, Chuck Norris every night, and that's a daily duel for battle for him. You know, um, it's Rambo esque. It's the good guy hero takes ten guys out. I mean, it was, it was very stereotypical. You knew he wasn't going to be killed. No, but the sword um, fighting was pretty cool, didn't you think? Yeah, and and the you know they're lopping heads off, pretty graphic. Um, which if you ever saw 300, um, same type of thing. Um, big double-edged axes, just, you know, double-sided axes, lopping guys' heads off. Um, just evil ways to kill somebody back in those days. Just brute force is how you killed them. Would you rather have your head lopped off, dags, or be shot? Which one would you prefer? That's a good question. I don't know. You choose for me. Well, I'd like to put a bullet in your head if if that if quite honestly, does that Whoa. work? What? Why so much rage? I don't know. I just I'm I'm bitter you made me sit through that fifty eight minutes of the Witcher. The Witcher. So um, I think now we know conclusively that you don't like sword and sorcery movies. Yeah, I pretty much affirmative on that. Yep. But you give me your thoughts because that's more your lane than mine. That's your world. I would watch it again. It it wasn't bad. I'm not saying it was the best, but the sword fights were pretty cool. I like the magic. We'll see what, you know, what more they do with the magic. That was cool. And his thing is he fights legendary monsters. So you like monsters. So you might want to mm-hmm. stick around and see on the next episode mm-hmm. if he battles some other cool monsters. But did did you feel like there was anything at the end? They usually do a better job at crafting a reason to watch the next one. I didn't really feel it. It's like it could have ended at that point. There wasn't any real cliffhanger. Like, oh, I gotta watch the next one. You know how sometimes you can start binging those shows because it's always the last five minutes. You're like, oh my god, just one more. I gotta see what happens. I didn't get that feeling out of this one. It was kind of like, okay, pretty much watch it. Don't have to watch the next one. Did you feel like there was any compelling reason? No, you're right. But I think maybe it's kind of like Incredible Hulk when he goes to the new town every time. You know, uh-huh. the, the the cowboy that, you know, goes to a new town and starts a new adventure. You know, it's been uh-huh. done a lot. Uh-huh. So maybe this show is, maybe that's cool too. A lot of times people don't like to get into series because each one involves the other one. And then they feel, well, I started late. I'm not going to get... Maybe this one is, I haven't watched any of the other episodes, but maybe this one is just like each episode is like a little movie. I don't know. Uh-huh. I, I, I would beg to, I don't think that's going to be the case because there was enough content to lead you to believe that the new queen had to have, that was his destiny. And I think he's going to be uh, watching over her in the next episode and it will be continue on and she'll come back to fight for her kingdom. And you can see everything that's going to happen. You know, she'll assemble a new army. They'll come back. They'll take the castle back and they'll do an honor of her mother. The witcher will help. And then when it's all done, the witcher will get on his horse. Where are you going? I just, I'm a one man deal. I don't like people. You know, and he'll drive off into the sunset to the next. That'll be the next adventure at that point. You know? No, you're right. I mean, every, every show, every, you know, genre, whatever, they, they all have their stereotypes and tropes and you, you know, what's going on. And it's basically, you like the stuff or you don't. It's like uh-huh. Arnold movies or any of those action movies. You know exactly what's going to happen, but, uh-huh. you, but you like it. You enjoy it. 
So with this, uh-huh. if you're into sword and sorcery, you know, you know, the queen, the king, like you said, and in this, she's, she, uh, showed off. She had this mutant power and then under stress, the mutant power was revealed. So you're the absolutely right. The, the princess did. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. It's, are you, do you dig this kind of stuff or you don't? Mm-hmm. Now I liked Braveheart, which when I say storylines would be very similar and I don't mean, I guess not storylines, but epic battle scenes, very similar time periods. If there is a time period for the Witcher, it would have closely resemble that of Braveheart. Um, Braveheart definitely had a much better storyline to it though, of course, uh, because actually Braveheart's true story. And that's uh, sometimes truth is uh, greater than fiction. Right. And, I, I enjoyed that epic feature. And I have a hard time, though, after Braveheart to jump on the bandwagon or anything else. Game of Thrones, I struggled with that one. I know you loved it, and you're not the only one. A lot of people loved it, but um, I didn't care for Witcher. That episode, out of five buggy wheels, what are you giving it? One and a half. Whoa, that bad. Wasn't entertaining cool. to you. Well, I kind of explained for various reasons why it wasn't. Yeah. What do you give it? I give it 3.5. Wow. Dang, that's fairly high. I didn't think you were going to go there. I didn't see that coming. It was, a, it was a pretty entertaining show. I mean, it wasn't perfect. But it had, it had you know, he's battling the cool monsters. I like cool monsters. Had some uh, good sword fighting. And you're absolutely right about the dark. The whole castle thing was way too dark. Mm-hmm. And I get it. It was lit by candles. I get that. But, mm-hmm. but crank up the brightness, you know? See, the problem is with that darkness, the story is lost. Sometimes you can't follow along because you don't know who's who. And that's what I don't like about that. And I get we're we're using candle as light. We're not using LEDs. But let's. it's kind of like going into a Mexican restaurant. You don't have to have the Mexican music on there. We get it. We're in a Mexican restaurant. It's the same thing too with, with this, we get it. It's the dark ages. You're using candlelight, but come on, give us light. So we know exactly what's happening. You know? So, um, I had another point days that came to mind as I was just talking brilliance there, but uh, talk amongst yourselves until I can figure out what I was going to say. Now, Johnny Rage, like I said, I agree with you on the darkness on the castle. I would have changed that. But all in all, it was it was a good first episode. I would watch it again. Oh, I know what I was going to ask you, Dags. Let's talk about um, this as a series. and you, So it sounds like you'll watch maybe indefinitely. I don't know. But do you think the success with – right now you can binge watch anything. And I, speci- including- and, and I purposely do not binge watch this. So what happens with me on – on binge watching as you know, the first one, what is an hour long? So uh-huh. energy wise, you're good. You got your treats set up, your snacks, whatever. But then uh-huh. as it goes on, you get tired and your ability to focus, to pay attention and distractions come in. So I don't like to binge watch. I like to watch a fresh show, maybe two, but that's about as far as I go. I don't binge watch whole seasons. Well, I mean, I get that, but part of bench watching is you're into something that's really gripping and it's addictive and you're watching this. You're like back in the old days, you know, you have to watch for the previews for the next week and then wait 
seven days and then watch it again. Where now you're like, oh, thank God, I can just I just hit skip intro and I'm into the next one again. But I also want to ask you a question, Days, because you're such a fan of Games of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Do you think the appeal to that was the fact that you couldn't binge watch that and you had to wait just like back when we were younger uh, every Sunday before the next one came out? Do you think that's what got people excited and whipped up and wanting it more because they couldn't get it, that, that instant gratification wasn't there and they had to wait for the next week? There's a lot to be said about that. You're absolutely right. That is powerful anticipation. Anticipation. Well, I'm pouring it, it, that ketchup. Yeah, anticipation is powerful. That's why you love Christmas. You get all excited. Uh-huh. Growing up, we used to have Christmas drills where we'd run downstairs and practice opening presents. <laughs> that's a true story. I love it. I yeah. mean, that's a typical 60s and 70s thing. We all did stuff like that. Go, you know? go, go. No, anticipation <laughs> is great. That's the the thing I would would uh you know not like about um binge watching is that it's all we live in such a society now that everything's instantaneous and you don't you don't get those feelings you know like and like you said they don't do cliffhangers on this because they knew they'd all ram it together anyway so i like the cliffhangers i like waiting till next week you talk about your friends you talk with your friends you talk about our friends who are the flock of amish god bless you God bless everyone that listens to this powerful podcast. God bless us, everyone. Hold up your drink right now, fans, flock of Amish, and take a sip. Salute. Cheers. Wherever you are in the world, drink up. But I I agree, Johnny Rage. I, I do like the anticipation. And that probably is a big part of the Game of Thrones, you know, building the hype episode after episode. It's like a football game. You know, what if football games are all ran into one one thing? What would you think? Well, I mean, that's a prime example. You have the Super Bowl. They do that deliberately, too. A couple of reasons. Number one, they want to give both teams kind of a chance to heal themselves. But, you know, we had the NFC Championship, AFC Championship game last week. And now it's two weeks. We have to sit here and wait before the Super Bowl. Maybe maybe uh, we have to mentally heal ourselves from each episode. From the football game or from uh, the, the Game of Thrones once a week episode? Or the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast the most powerful podcast ever created. I mean, you listen to our powerful podcast, you're empowered, and then you wait for the powerful new episode to come out. And you you get a built-in power button on your back, and you just hit it. Yeah. I don't know if I let you know. uh, This just happened, Johnny Rage. I don't know if you knew, but the power company sent me an email. Yeah. They're giving me a credit on my next bill. Okay. Because they're actually using the power of this podcast. They're, They're putting it in the grid. Oh, nice. We're much like solar panels. I like it. Yeah. Because there's a lot of, we're like windmills. We're blowing a lot of wind out of this thing, right? Powerful. Are you a big fan of Seth MacFarlane? Um, He does the Orville. He does Family Guy. Incredibly talented. Uh, Not a big fan. I find him kind of annoying. Okay. Then, then let me ask you this. He reminds me of Peter Brady. Doesn't he look like Peter Brady? Kind of. Yeah. I can see that. Yes. He's Peter Brady. But, now you said he's incredibly talented, but you can't stand him. So that's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? Not at all. Not at all. But I'm just saying pure talent. He's very, there's a lot of talented things, you know, it might, it might be a type of music I don't like, but I appreciate mm-hmm. the talent in it. Okay. Now when I watch and I very rarely do watch, I'm not a big guy to watch um, cartoons. 
animated productions. Um, Family Guy and American Dad. Does that take creativity to do something like that? I, I, I don't get it. I watch those shows and I go and I shake my head. It's like, that's funny. And all of his character voices, there's no real marquee one that you really could pull out like Bugs Bunny or Popeye or Fred Flintstone even. He's got just a bunch of generic voices that he uses for his cartoon characters. I don't see the talent in this guy. I mean, I think he's fooled more people than, than he's got talent. Well, you can argue that he ripped off the Simpsons and different things, you know, ripped off uh, South Park and, you know, jumped on the bandwagon. Uh-huh. So his, well, uh, do you get most of the references when he refers to things or? See, I, I can't. You talk about holding your attention span and whatnot. The minute I turn that on, I think I just have this immediate disgust and I don't watch it. I just, I'm just not, I've never did much for me. Um, I tried to watch the Oroville the other day, you know, and that's definitely a, a Star Trek spoof. I didn't like Star Trek. So why the heck am I going to watch a spoof of Star Trek for the most part? Um, it must work though. What he does must work obviously because NBC wants to try to steal him from Fox. And check this out, Diggs. According to my sources, while neither network has commented on the shift, it's reported to be a five-year, $200 million deal for him to move over to NBC. But Fox apparently made a valiant effort to keep McFarlane, but was simply outbid by its competitor. This is what he says. He says one of his oldest memories from Fox is uh, a young, or, or who is this speaking? They're saying they remember a young Seth MacFarlane hanging out in the halls of the studio. Disney Television Studios and ABC Entertainment chairman Dana Walden said he entertained all of us with his incredible wit and hilarious observations. See, I guess when you have a personal relationship with him, maybe you'd find him funny. I've seen him, though, um, doing the talk show, whole, doing talk shows. I've seen his stuff on TV, and I just, I don't get him. I, I'm sorry, I don't. Um, is there something wrong with me? Dave, should I seek treatment for this? No, you're just a unique young man. Now, let me ask you this. Go ahead. Is there any animated series, comedy-wise, that you like? Simpsons, like South Park, any of that? I like to turn back the clock when it comes to that, and I'll watch like an episode of Scooby-Doo or the Flintstones, and those are timeless. I, I think those are done well. Uh, the storylines and I... I, I don't laugh much, but sometimes when I'm watching the Flintstones in the middle by myself, I'll have a belly laugh. I, I enjoy the older ones. Um, the new stuff of today, it's dirty humor. Um, it, it's, it's, um, political humor and, and we don't need that. We get enough of that with the news telecasts and, and the award shows. We don't need to turn to that on our, in our cartoons as well. So there's nothing, you, know, you don't like any South Park episodes? Have you actually sat through a South Park episode? Mm-hmm. I have. There's there's one in particular that comes to mind. I, now, to say that none of them are funny, Dags, that would be incorrect. But did you ever see the one where it's pretty notorious, where the one dude is on, uh, not Jeopardy, but um, what's the Patch Sajak show? Wheel of Fortune. Have you ever seen that episode? Absolutely. It's a... I mean, I think everybody in the world has seen that one. That's funny. But what's okay, cool about funny. South Park is they 
they have some hall pass on being politically incorrect. Uh-huh. Isn't it amazing what they say and they never get in trouble? They don't get deplatformed. Uh-huh. Maybe it's because it came out so long ago that people don't attack them. Well, I mean, when when uh, Disney Plus came out, they had to apologize. They said because some of the, you know, uh, content that we have, keep in mind, was made back in the fifties and sixties, and the views and the thoughts were much different than what they are today. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it was a much different time back then. But I don't think it would require Disney Plus to pull some of those iconic cartoons because of maybe some of the things they said. Back back to the animated. So you don't like anything animated. You like classic animation you like 60s and earlier well you, well you you can't say i don't like anything animated i do i just like the older stuff i i i don't like any of the new stuff you prefer you know 60s and before well i mean how the simpson has made it 25 some years is beyond me i mean there are times it's funny but there are more times that it's not and so i'm questioning the viewership of america what's turning us on? Is that really, that's the best we have to offer. And that's what people are buying into. Um, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. Dave. Okay. Boomer. I got to ask you something. What that has been made recently. Do you enjoy what, what things progressively do you enjoy? Well, that we, aren't, you know, we talk, you know, way back from the sixties. Well, we talked about this just yesterday and, um, it's not new, but they've released their 11th season on HBO is Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I think that shit's hilarious because I connect with Larry David, those small little nuances that he picks up on and makes a big deal. That's kind of my sense of humor too. the same thing. So when he rolls with something, I'm like, my God, I thought of the same thing. I think that's brilliant. I think that comedy is funny. I think Larry David is funny. I think that program is funny. Um, but that would be a program. I don't think you'll see millennials jump on board for something like that. You'd have to be probably 40 plus. That's why certain movies, certain animations um, are put out there for specific demographics. But I think Curb Your Enthusiasm is uh, top notch. And, you know, Diggs, I don't watch a lot of TV unless I'm watching football or news. I don't watch anything. Well, I, I guess I did watch 911 Lone Star um, with, with, uh, Rob Lowe. Tell us the fans of Flock of Amish about Lone Star and 911. Rob Lowe makes a return to television. I think the last thing he was on was um, when he did that White House program, which was called the West Wing. But he comes back now. He's a captain of some uh, fire department located down in Texas. And, of course, it's a 911. We all remember emergency 911 when we were kids. It's kind of a reboot newer version of that with sexy women and young studs, you know, being called out to the um, casualties or, or fires or heart attacks or, or somebody's in quicksand and they, you know, it's kind of a, um, did you say quicksand? I did. I threw quicksand in there. It's, um, it's called quicksand, but it slowly kills you. Just let that sink in for a minute. I was listening to a radio program the other day and they, there's a comedian out there who he said, the cartoon versions of quicksand ruined his life and his beach life for the rest of his life. He could never go on a beach because of the depiction of quicksand. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he's a beach. All right. So tell us about Rob Lowe. I just did. He, he makes a return to, to uh, Fox television. 
um, he, his role this time, but, but there's always back in the day, there was never these side deals going on where there was this affair and relationships. There was just calamity and they took care of it. The, 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 there was always a small, uh, incident or two. And then it would always at the end, build up to some major thing. They don't have that anymore. They've got an accident here, but then it's more about the relationship with this guy and this guy or this girl and that guy. And the baby, do we want to have a baby? Do we not want to have a baby? They have to, you know, you have to you have to introduce the characters and you have to understand. I don't want that. I want to go and the uh, 75 story building explodes. Go take care of it. Show me how you're going to do it. I, I want to get into it. You know, and that's that's not what this is. It's more relationships and and it, personal level and how to what makes each person tick. And uh, that's what you get from this new stuff. But a lot of times you love those teeny bopper shows and they have all the relationships. So I'm confused. Well, like what, what program has all those relationships, you know, and I do like teeny bopper shows. Um, Some of the horror films out there, there's really no relationships. They just get after it. Bam. You know, uh, you're supposed to die on this day in three hours. And the girl walks down the block and sure shit, she died. You know, we didn't have to see where her boyfriend was. We didn't know who her mom was. We we didn't care. She died. That's what we want to see, you know. Do you tell the kids to get off your lawn? No, but Diggs, that's one of the reasons I liked Underwater so much. When I reviewed that last week, it was bam, it started right away. You know, calamity struck. We're in trouble here. I mean, it, it didn't build up to it. We were laughing and playing the old 60s music in the background. And, and the guy says he can't wait to get home because he misses his wife. It was bam, trouble strikes right there. You know, and then they introduce the characters as we went along. But um, no, I don't care if kids walk on my uh, lawn. Now, Johnny Rage, get back to your list. What else do you have on that powerful list? Well, I mean, we just talked about Seth MacFarlane. That's big news. Seth MacFarlane um, moving from Fox over to NBC. $200 million. Oh, man. That's another thing, too. Um, Oh, just let me interrupt. Go ahead. Just to let you know, we are an indie podcast. But we are willing to sell out. Tony Romo digs. Do you know who he is? He will be the most highly paid sports announcer. Yeah, he's another guy making a switch. We're talking about Seth MacFarlane going over to NBC. Well, uh, Tony Romo looks like he's going to leave CBS to go over to ESPN, which is shocking because ESPN has been doing so many layoffs lately, getting rid of their top talent. But what happened over there is they bought the rights to Monday night football, which is absolutely bombing because Monday night football back in the day when you and I were young, if your team was on Monday night football, you talk about anticipation, you couldn't wait. I mean, Monday night, you couldn't get there fast enough. You know? Quick, do the theme was, song. That was like the one night your mom would let you stay up late because the Vikings were on back then. And uh, now football's on damn near four nights a week. But anyway, ESPN bought the rights. They've got Monday Night Football. They've had it for a while. But the ratings aren't doing very well. So their answer isn't maybe the content of the show. It's like, we need Tony Romo to to, to spike our ratings. Um, I really enjoy to- Tony Romo as a color analyst in football. But is Tony Romo going to make me watch Monday Night Football not necessarily. I'm looking at the two teams that are playing that night on the field. If it's halfway through the season or two thirds and you have a team that's two and 10 playing a team that's 10 and two, 
Nah, not so much. Not going to watch it. So I don't know if the gamble's going to pay off for him or not. All right, let me ask yeah. you this. Who are your favorite duo over the years on Monday Night Football? I like um, I like uh, um, Troy Aikman and um, Joe Buck. They're, they're my favorite, too. Whoa. Most people hate them. No, no. They're they're the number one. Number two would be uh, Al no, Michaels. No. no, dude. A lot of people hate those two. No, no. They're the top two. Al Michaels and I'm, Chris Collsworth. All right. I Al thought Michael. I thought you being such an old man, I thought you'd be going way back. No, no. I'm talking about currently right now. No, I'm talking about Monday Night Football throughout I the liked, history. I liked Pat Summerall to the 20, to the 10. Touchdown, Dallas. Here's a guy that can do a good Pat Summerall. <laughs> hey, we can do a Pat Summerall and John Mann show. Uh, no, but I'm talking about currently. I like uh, Buck and Aikman. I like uh, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. And then my third would be Tony Romo. Tony Romo is insightful. The guy really knows football. He'll call a play before it even happens. The problem with him is I can't stand his raspy voice. He's got that raspy voice that looks like he needs water. Sounds like he needs water. But he's very insightful. Talks too much for me. But... Um, ESPN wants them. So, but they haven't heard me yet. Till the 20, till the 10, touchdown, Dallas. Hi, this is Pat Summerall with John Madden. What you see there is you got the ball. <laughs> you got the ball. <laughs> oh, man. Some of the best stuff is Frank Caliendo doing here. Here's a no guy doubt. ripping off Frank Caliendo. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of Caliendo's best stuff, too, is not even. Uh, not even uh, Madden, but this what he does Bush too. You know, <laughs> he's one, he does one of the best Bush impersonations out there. Bush of Powerful episode today. We thank everyone that listens. Thank you, Johnny Rage, for being a part of this powerful podcast. We just ask you one thing: please tell a friend about this powerful podcast. We are an indie podcast. We need your help. Go to AmishBabyMachine.com. Check out our merch. Follow us on all the social medias, Twitter at Amish B Machine, Instagram Amish Baby Machine. Go to YouTube, subscribe and like. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. Please support our podcast through Patreon and shop our merch at AmishBabyMachine.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production.